The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you want to run with the Game Changers, I promise you today is going to be game changing for you no matter where your company is and what you're doing. You have to listen up. The buzz today... I already gave at the office. Well, the answer is we hope you did, but let me tell you what we mean. This is serious stuff. Supporting the UN's post-2015 Sustainable Development Goals, those are SDGs, requires a multi-stakeholder collaboration that recognizes diverse issues around the world. The bottom line is we're talking about goal eight of these SDGs, and it's very simple good jobs, and economic growth for the developing and developed countries. What does this have to do with your company? Well, it's likely you, many of our listeners are in the private sector. We're talking about what can you do to integrate sustainability and CSR. You may not be familiar with that corporate social responsibility into your business plan, not just lip service, not just, well, we feel like doing this and well, we'll send a couple of volunteers and well, the UN is a great organization and we heard the word sustainable and we know about goals. What can you really do to help? We have three people on the show today from three different organizations that are invested. They've got, I think the phrase is boots on the ground around the world. They care. This is good stuff. This is good for your company. It's good for your stakeholders. It matters to your employees. It matters to your social conscience. I know you have one. So I'm going to get off of my soapbox and I'm going to introduce our panel because they will share their enthusiasm, their engagement, their energy with you. They're all movers and shakers and I'm so, so pleased to have all three of them on. So first up, delighted to welcome Sue Stephenson. She leads the Ritz-Carlton Social Responsibility Program called Community Footprints, and I think that says a lot. She also reports to the president and CEO of the Ritz-Carlton. And Sue has sent me a quote from Margaret Margaret Mead. Now, Margaret Mead, as most of you know, is an American cultural anthropologist who was an author and a speaker widely quoted and featured in the mass media during the 1960s and 70s, way back when. Here's the quote. It's very important and it speaks to everyone who's listening to us around the world, whether you're listening to us live today, it's Wednesday, February, what, the third already, my goodness, or if you're hearing us on podcast a little bit later. So here's the quote, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it is the only thing that ever has. Sue Stephenson, welcome, and I must thank you for selecting such a marvelous quote. These are words to live by. How are you, Sue? I'm very well. Thanks so much, Bonnie. 
Oh, we're delighted. This is such an important topic, and I want to make sure that we communicate it to our listeners, Sue, and, and other panelists I'll introduce in a moment. Uh, it, it, do it in an engaging way so that people, oh, my God, we've got to set more policies. We've got to do more stuff. This is more work, so that they see the enthusiasm and the value. So that's what we're trying to do. So, Sue, tell me how come you did pick this quote from Margaret Mead, and what does it mean to you and your Community Footprints program, please? Oh, I've loved this quote for such a long time. You know, for me, it represents our... You know, our, we're, we we have um, corporate volunteering, employee volunteering as, as, as an important part of our service philosophy. And to me, this um, you know this quote about thoughtful, committed citizens speaks to our employees. You know, this passionate army of global citizens who are working in a hundred communities around the world. You know, everywhere from Boston and Beijing and Bangalore. Um, and it also, I, I think, underscores the mission of Impact Twenty Thirty, which is a collaboration. Um, that um, Ritz-Carlton is involved in with many companies, including um, um, SAP and um, GlaxoSmithKline, um, both um, Arcia and Alex um, on the call here today, um, which really is an initiative, a global initiative, to um, bring together employees around the world to focus their volunteer efforts, their skills-based volunteer efforts, to help advance the sustainable development goals. Thank you. And, and Sue, this is exciting, isn't it? Do people come into this program and they say, wow, I want to do something important. I want to make a difference. I want to leave a legacy for my company and for myself. Is this the approach people have when they come on board? Yes, I, I, I very much so. So the, the, the company, is, it's, it's private sector-led, so we have companies mm-hmm. from around the world that, that are um, coming and joining Impact 2030. And, and the, you know, the focus is, you know, as we look at the sustainable development goals, of, of which there's 17, very broad, you know, they focus on the most critical issues on our planet. Um, volunteering itself is, is embedded in the culture of many companies, um, but what the sustainable development goals does is enable employees to see that the work they may think about doing or, or actively participating now in now as a volunteer isn't just such just a local effort, but it really does ladder up to these universal goals that are applicable to every community around the world. So, you know, they can feel that they're making that much broader contribution um, to uh, to help um, help the health of our planet. Thank you very much. A lot of good good words and they're good buzzwords. Thank you, Sue. Pleasure to have you and looking forward to a lot more information from you as the show goes on. Now I'm ready to introduce our second guest. She has a very unique way of spelling her first name, but I was told I can simply say Asia Posner Manson, Ph.D., long name. She's the co-founder and director of the Pulse Volunteer Partnership at GSK. That's GlaxoSmithKline. And Asia has sent me a very interesting quote from, I had to look up the source, singer, songwriter, vocalist, multi-instrumentalist named Grant Lee, that's Grant-Lee, which sounds very presidential to me, Grant Lee Phillips, and he's formerly of Grant Lee Buffalo, and uh, very interesting. I know he was born in 1963, so he's a young'un, and here is the quote, collaboration is much like a birth. The song that springs forth resembles each one of us to a degree but it's the kind of thing that would never be born from just one of us sitting down with a guitar. I can just see him sitting down with a guitar. Asiho, welcome. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Thanks for joining us. Very interesting quote. Are you a big fan of Grantley Phillips, and how did this come across your desk? No, I think you actually taught me about Grantley Phillips. So um, it was a close <laughs> tie for me between uh, my favorite all-time quote, 
by Mahatma Gandhi, be the change you wish to see in the world. Yes. And this yes. one, but since I figured many of our listeners would be familiar with the Gandhi quote, I thought to share a different one. Um, and what struck me about this quote is um, the crux of what we're discussing today, for me, seems to be about the power of collaboration. And um, as many of us do, I did a quick Google search of collaboration quotes, and um, it's amazing, actually, what comes up when one does that search. Um, but this is the one that stuck. Uh, so I don't know Grantney Phillips, but I really like the sense of what wonder that is conjured through the quote, um, almost that it's hard to pinpoint in words or statistics the power and art of collaboration. But we all know it's there because we sensed it and experienced it at different times in each of our lives. I'm sure everyone has an example. So, um, yeah, it reminds me of a TED Talk also that I heard where there was a speaker describing how collaboration has two components, essence and form, and essence is about the heart-to-heart values that are driving the collaboration, where form is about how you're going to get something done. And in effective collaboration, I think one always should start with essence and let the form follow. Because Mm. I think if you do it the other way around and start with form, essence will always nip you in the bud. Very, very interesting. And and relate this to the Pulse Volunteer Partnership at GSK, if you would please, Asya. How how does this concept of collaboration, I love the fact that it's something that comes from each of us, but the collaboration makes something new and special that, that is unique to the group, to the, the community effort rather than just one of us. So how does this relate to Pulse? Yeah, so I think actually it's interesting. It's the story of how Pulse was created in a sense because Andrew Whitty, our CEO, had this vision of um, affording employees an opportunity to go out and donate their skills for six months full-time. And this is a very different type of volunteering than traditional volunteering that one might think of where you go out for a day and clean a park or serve a hot meal. It's um, really um, asking our employees to use their professional skills over a longer period of time to really help build capacity in the NGO partners with whom we work. And and I think what happens when we work to match uh, GSK employees who become Pulse volunteers each year and they come from all over the world um, is we see a bit of luck and magic and stars aligning in a way um, in terms of the hard skills and um needs and pain points and challenges that NGOs specify in the projects that they scope out for up to six months full time. Mm -hmm. And the um, experience and knowledge and skills that the volunteers bring to the table. And um, at the end of each six-month stretch, and a lot of our collaborations, which I'll speak more about, continue um, year on year, so beyond just Mm. six months in a given calendar year. Um, What what comes out at the end is is something that I don't think either side would have necessarily even envisioned, um, you know, in um, their most ambitious dreams. And uh, I, I'm speaking quite poetically, I guess, but it is, um, you know, I think something that we've seen time and again, um, both sides saying what a life-changing experience it's been or how capacity was built in a way that, you know, they hadn't um, thought possible. 
Thank you very much, Asya. Good introduction and very pleased to meet you. And, and like Sue, you're invested in this. This is something you do. You believe in it. You're a uh, collaborator and a uh, inspirer. And I, I like that very much. So I'm very glad to have you on the show. And I'm glad I taught you who Grantley Phillips is. That's always interesting. So nothing like a good Absolutely. Google search, right? There you go. And now I'm happy to introduce our third panelist. But before I do, I must do a shout out to Alicia Lenza at SAP. She's the head of Global Corporate Social Responsibility at SAPSE, and she was supposed to be with us today, and she's sick, but I know she's listening, and I think we're going to be seeing some tweets from Alicia at hashtag SAP Radio, and also a shout-out to her colleague, uh, Patricia Cresolara at SAP, who worked so diligently to get us such wonderful panelists and put the show together. So, Patricia, thank you, and Alicia, thank you. Alicia, we'll get together another time. But replacing, very last minute, this is like the understudy, I'm not sure, it's like a Broadway show. About an hour ago, we found out that Alexandra, I'm going to do my best here, Van der Plug, and her last, how did I do, Alexandra? Is that good? Van very well, very well. I'm very Thank impressed. You. <laughs> Thank you. I'm impressed, too. It's V-A-N-D-E-R-P-L-O-E-G, but I'm trying to be authentic. She is the program director for SAP Global CSR Services and Programs, and here is the quote that Alexandra is bringing us to today. It actually is supposedly from Charles Darwin, but not really. It's one of those misquotes. It really doesn't matter, but it was found in the writing of Professor of Management and Marketing at Louisiana State University, Leon C. Meganson. Nobody knows who he is, but apparently he said this and not Darwin. So here we go. In the long history of humankind and animal kind too, those who learn to collaborate and improvise most effectively have prevailed. It's still a wonderful quote. I don't care who said it. Alexandra, welcome to the show. Thanks for stepping in. Thank you. Get well. Shout outs to Alicia. Alexandra, what does this quote mean in terms of global CSR, in terms of what we've been talking about with Asi and Sue? Talk to me. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you're saying that it isn't from Charles Darwin. It could have been, right? I mean, the, oh, the type of quote that could definitely could have been from Darwin. But, you know, ultimately to me, this quote um, basically says that everything that we do in life is truly about collaboration. Um, and it's, you know, not just in the business context, but everything that we do, be it in family, circles, at work, in society, the only way that we can succeed um, is by working together. Uh, and that's ultimately what this quote uh, to me says. Um, so none of us live, work, and breathe in splendid isolation, but um, we can only be successful human beings and successful also in, in business if we collaborate with each other. I like that. Splendid isolation. Sometimes it's just nice to be alone and be quiet, and it feels splendid. And I've never heard it said so. Asia, you were talking about speaking poetically. I think Alexandra just topped that one. So thank you, Alexandra. <laughs> thank you very much. So interesting to have the three of you on because we've got representatives from three organizations who clearly get it. You understand it. Collaboration is not just a wonderful word. It's something that you do, you put into practice. And apparently the UN feels the same way with their post-2015 SDGs. But now we're going to take a little break from the serious stuff and find out what's in your cup today. I'm going to start with Sue Stephenson. Are you drinking something fabulous, Sue? And if not, tell me the most fabulous drink you had on New Year's Eve or what you're looking forward to later in the day. Go ahead, Sue. And where are you calling from, by the way? I'm calling from Atlanta, Georgia. Um, And I am drinking, which is very appropriate. I'm actually drinking iced tea. And I have to say, the funny thing about me drinking iced tea is when I, I'm originally from England, and when I, I first came to the U.S., 
I was appalled that people actually drank tea with ice cubes in it, um, and it probably <laughs> took me 10 years <laughs> to find out how refreshing it was. So now it's my, uh, it's my daily, daily beverage. Oh, my goodness. And I have to ask you, I'm in New York on the East Coast. You're in Atlanta. You're not that far south from me. Uh, and I'm wondering, what's your weather? Are you, did you get hit by snowmageddon at all? And did you bail out? Or how, how is it doing down there? We did not. The weather's quite fine here. We were just on the cusp of it. We, we fortunately dodged that, um, that um, winter storm Jonah that came through. Okay, good to know. I'm glad somebody dodged it. We certainly didn't, but we're almost bailed out. It's amazing. Every time it rains, it's it's raining little crystals of less snow that we have to deal with and drive <laughs> around. So we've been pretty lucky. It was a big one, and it's gone very fast. Thank you, Sue. Asia Posner Menson, Ph.D. I think she said I could just call her Asia Menson after a while. Asia, what are you drinking today, or what are you thinking about? Bonnie, you were actually disappointed start with Asia Menson, but <laughs> you had to introduce the long name, and you can even bring it down to Asia. Um, I am drinking a green smoothie that has become um, my staple breakfast recently, but I'm having a hard time getting it down today because I have a bit of a cold, um, so it's not tasting as appetizing as it normally does. Okay. The taste buds are not cooperating and collaborating. Can we say that? Exactly. (laughs) But it's got lots of good stuff, including spinach and cashews, cinnamon, ice, almond milk, all the good stuff. Bless you, my child. I get my son to to have uh, half a cup of this, too. He's my helper when we put it in the Vitamix blender and my taster. Wow. Wow. Well, I'm glad you have an official taster. I have to ask you, Asia, your first name is spelled so interestingly, A-H-S-I-Y-A. Is there a derivation there? Um, it's Persian. And she's the who found baby Moses floating in the river in a basket and rescued him. So um, the daughter of the... So I am okay. not Egyptian or Persian. <laughs> oh, interesting. Interesting. just like the name. Interesting. Asia, we're going to have you call back when we go to break in just a minute because you're breaking up, and I want to make sure we get to hear your wonderful words of wisdom during the rest of the show. So don't don't drop off yet, but when we go to break, I'm going to have you call back, okay? Sounds good. Okay. Now, Alexandra Van Der Plug. I'm just going to go with Sue, Asia, and Alexandra after a while because this is a lot of work. I'm only teasing, ladies. <laughs> Alexandra, where are you calling from? I know you're in Germany. Where and what are you drinking? Yeah. Um, I'm actually calling in from, from Heidelberg, which is in southern Germany. It's, uh, it's very close um, to our headquarters, which is in a tiny little tiny town called Waldorf, which nobody knows. But Heidelberg people usually know. It's a very picturesque town in southern Germany, so that's where I'm calling from. And I'm actually drinking, at the moment it's already cold, unfortunately, uh, a cup of uh, rooibos tea with vanilla mm-hmm. extract, which, like Asia's... Um, was uh, lovingly prepared by my son, but brought up way too early, so now it's sitting there being very cold. Aw, well, I'm glad. We've, we've had other panelists talk about rooibos, and I know it's freely available uh, all over the place, and sounds yeah. very interesting. I'm going to have to get a cup one of these days. Ladies, I have to do a quick shout-out to my colleague at SAP, Susan Gaylor, who is embarking, I think later today, leaving on a social sabbatical with SAP, going to Botswana with a team. Uh, yeah. Alexandra, you know about this, and I know Alicia Lenza did. Yes, and they're going to be working with four different organizations and helping them do all kinds 
kinds of cultural and, and governmental business plans, I understand, a sustainable social enterprise strategy, mm-hmm. working with the, this is the Stepping Stones International I'm talking about. Anyway, shout out to Susan Gaylor. We're very proud of you. Very excited. Can't wait to see pictures and hear wonderful stories. It's a one-month assignment. So any of you thinking, what can we do in our company? Well, you can make it real for real people. Put it into action, and we're going to help you figure some of that out here on the rest of the show. So I'm simply going to say, we're going to go to break. Don't even think, even think of touching, woo, that was a noise. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. We'll be back with a lot more talking about sustainable development and your organization. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We'll be back in 60 seconds. You don't want to miss the rest of the show. Justin, out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP. SAP Systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Welcome back. We're talking today about sustainable development in your organization. We're talking collaboration. We're talking community. We're talking global. We're talking bringing help and volunteerism to countries and communities that really need it when you have something to give and they need something that you can provide. I think that's a good summary. We're going to start off the roundtable with Sue Stephenson, who leads the Ritz-Carlton Social Responsibility Program, known as Community Footprints. Sue, I'm going to read a little bit from the statements you sent me before we started, and then we'll ask you to expand it, and then we'll bring Asia Menson and Alexandra Van der Plug into the conversation. So you say, to be fully effective and sustainable, a company's corporate citizenship strategy, including employee volunteer programs, must be integrated into the company's mission and business strategy and not siloed or bolted onto the side of business operations. I'm going to stop there. Sue, let's talk about this in terms of companies that are just waking up to this and they have to bolt it on. It hasn't been integrated in versus companies that get it from the get-go, the newbies. So, Sue, talk to me, please. Yeah, the, the reason I, I think it's important is if it's if it's not integrated, then the strategy isn't going to flourish and it's not going to withstand business fluctuations. So as companies um, develop their um, citizenship strategy and as they develop their 
corporate volunteering programs, it's important to always have that eye to um, how it how it can be integrated into you know the business business priorities, the, the you know the long range plan, the, the you know the service values of the organisation. Um, because if they don't have their eye to that, even in the early development stages, then um, they, they can find that indeed they have something that is siloed, and then is, if it's not integrated with the business during times when there are business business fluctuations, um, it, puts a, it puts the program at risk. So, Sue, tell me something. You take a, a company that's just waking up, as I said a moment ago, waking up to this. They're listening to the show, and they're saying, OMG, we should be doing this. It's a great idea. But it's not in our business plan. It's not in our mission statement. It's not in our employee handbook. But we really want to do this. So how do they integrate it? Can they just one day issue a new statement to everybody and saying, guess what? We've changed our mission. We've changed our vision. Uh, this is now something that we do. And everybody be aware that it's going to be part of our conversation. Is it that easy to do it? Or does it take some high up machinations in the C-suite to get it to be ingrained in the company's DNA, if I can say yep. that? That's a, that's a great question, Bonnie. So um, I, I think engaging the workforce is, is important. You know, employees, you know, want to bring their values to the workplace. They want to see their company engaged in doing good in the community in whatever form that might take. But, but certainly it has to be leader-led. It has to be the, you know, the C-suite that are, that are endorsing um, and involved in the, uh, in the programs. You know, I do think the Sustainable Development Goals provide an incredible role, roadmap. This is the first time that we have had a common language around the social um, and environmental issues that are affecting our planet. They're, you know, the tactics and the indicators are applicable for every country. Um, and, and in fact, next month, um, the, in, the indicators, so the measurement component of the SDGs will be adopted. Um, and as we know, what gets measured gets done. So this is actually a perfect time for a company to, if indeed they're just opening their eyes to this, this roadmap through the SDGs provides that platform to help them determine what they want to drill down on and, and focus in on. I'm sure, I, know, I know that um, my wonderful colleagues also have, um, have uh, opinions on this as well. Yeah, I would. Thank you so much, Sue, and thanks for indulging my question, uh, Asia. I'm just—you're now a one-name wonder. You're so—you're so, you're so uh, well known now, like Cher and oh, Lady Gaga has two names. Anyway, I just heard that Lady Gaga is singing the national anthem at the Super Bowl on Sunday. That's going to be a trip and a half. You don't want to miss. So, Asia, talk to me. What do you think about what Sue said in terms of corporate citizenship strategy being part of the mission of the company? How do you feel? Yeah, I, I completely agree, and I guess um, to me the m- most interesting thing that I perked up at was when you asked, well, what if you're a company that isn't there yet, and how do you get started? Because it can feel daunting if um, maybe you're coming late to the party in terms of corporate social responsibility and shared value. And I think um, on a very practical level, something that we've learned that has worked really well through our post volunteer partnership particularly with um, managers who may be more cynics and, you know, you're really asking me to release an employee for up to six months full-time and, you know, still deliver the same things I'm being asked to deliver for the business and our bottom line. Um, And I think if uh, a company um, and and, uh, leadership can think up front in the planning phase, you know, what what is the... um, clear return on investment that you're going to be looking for from your program. What's your driver? Um, This isn't just about being saintly and 
you know, selfless, it, it can actually be quite self-serving, um, you know, to have a really strong corporate citizenship agenda. And I think we should not be embarrassed or shy about stating that. It actually um, is something that's welcome by the NGO partners we've worked with through GSK is when they understand that they're equal partners, we're not just giving charity. And we can have an honest conversation with them at the start to say, look, you know, here's um, what our employees are looking to gain from this experience working and volunteering with your nonprofit. Here are some of their development goals and objectives. Um, so, you know, this is about each of us helping the other. And, and so... Um, you know, that would be my advice to companies that are looking to get started is identify your clear ROIs and, um, and then, you know, build backwards and see, you know, what is going to help you get there and, and which one of the global goals for sustainable development, you know, might serve as your framework and guide. Thank you very much. I, I like what you said about partnership. I think it's a very important word that we need to make sure everybody understands. And that's why your pulse is called volunteer partnership. Very important. Thank you, Asia. Alexandra, SAP CSR, you agree, disagree with what your other two panelists have said? <laughs> well, I couldn't agree more, obviously. Um, you know, I do think... Um, but, you know, at the same time, I, I don't want to set the bar too high. It's not as if, you know, um, companies like Ritz-Carlton and GSK and SAP basically just shook this uh, CSR strategy out of their arm and said, so here it is. I think all of us have been on a long journey um, towards figuring out what does it mean for a company to truly make an impact through their corporate social responsibility programs with the core assets that a company has. And that doesn't happen overnight. Um, you know, I think until a few years ago, and we're not the only ones, I think the majority of the companies would look at CSR in terms of, you know what, let's just write a check um, to a charity that we like, um, that we feel passionate about, and maybe let's send a few volunteers um, to paint um, some kindergarten walls, which is very important, by the way. I don't want to diminish that. Um, mm -hmm. But that's basically what CSR consisted of until fairly recently. It's not that long ago that it changed into a much more strategic direction. Same thing for us. Um, but it, it goes back to this, what I said about splendid isolation. Businesses also don't operate by themselves, right? You, you work in a system, in a whole construction. You work and live and breathe in the communities where you are. And um, issues that affect society affect you as a business, too, um, and, you know, if I take the example of SAP, you know, if I look at the issues that the world faces today, you know, one of the key issues that, um, that we affect us as a business and society as well is education. Um, it's the lack of skilled uh, workers with adequate STEM education and knowledge. And this is not just something that affects us at SAP, that affects a whole range of other companies as well. And that puts pressure and risk on, on our, the sustainability of our business and the success of us in the future. So it, it becomes good business sense uh, to invest um, socially in the communities where you operate. Thank you, Alexandra. It's, it sounds to me from the three of you that this really needs to be something that the leadership gets. They understand it. They mm -hmm. value it. It's important. I think I said in my opening, you can't just pay lip service to this. You have to do something about it. You can't put up a flag or a sticker and say, oh, yeah, we support corporate social responsibility. Yeah, we think it's great what social sabbaticals are looking over your shoulder or out your window at a distance of what other companies are doing. That's not the way it works. So, Sue Stephenson, uh, I want to 
to go back to one more point here in your notes, and let's formally talk about what is Impact 2030. 2030 says to me, that's down the road. And and let's talk about enabling employees to see how their efforts are laddering up, I love that term, to the global goals. And so talking about partnership, it's not just the company and the outside world, a particular community far, far away, but it's the leadership and the employees. Is that another valid statement about the meaning of partnership here, Sue? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, I think the, and I, I, I believe I, I speak for the for the other panelists. Impact 2030, of which our three companies were were sort of early movers, um, coming on as as founding founding partners. Um, this is a this is not about business as usual. It really is about um, mobilizing employees through partnership, through collective impact, to make a difference. It's it's not just relabeling the concept of employee volunteering or skills-based volunteering um, to, um, to say, oh, now it's about the SDGs. It has to be scalable um, to make greater impact. Uh, and also we believe there's the intent to bring companies from around the world um, on board uh, so that they also will be able to offer this opportunity for their employees to work directly towards um, helping to um, to impact the you know the seventeen goals and the you know there's one hundred and sixty nine targets not not all mm-hmm. of which can be impacted through volunteering, but a great many can um, we're, we've been going through very ex- um, exciting exercise um, impact twenty thirty leadership forums where we have companies look at whether um, future-facing or current uh, employee volunteer programs are, are focused um, with the SDGs. And then it's, it's wonderful to see where there's overlap. And I know there's a tremendous example um, of um, a collaboration that, um, uh, that both Alex um, and Asia are involved in. So I'm, I'm going to hand over to them to talk about. But it's, this, this is about scalability uh, and collective impact. Thank you, Sue, very much. Asia, you've been channeled. You've been mentioned. So, Asia, and then Alexandra, why don't you uh, talk about what Sue laid into, please? <laughs> yeah, this is um, uh, a bit of a case where if you announce something publicly, then you're stuck to following through on it. And, and that's a little bit the approach that Alex and I took with um, our idea to, to find uh, a way that we could collaborate this year um, since we do aim to walk the talk as Impact 2030 founding partners. And, um, y- you know, every journey starts with a single step. So we're very much in the first step of um, our plan to identify um, an area where we can collaborate, where SAP volunteers and, and G- GSK Pulse volunteers can come together on a specific project. And I think actually I'm, I want to go back to the um, point I made earlier, if you were able to hear me when I was on my um, cracky line yes, um, at the did. opening, that um, I think it's a great example where we started with essence and now we're working on form. And so Alex and I went through an exercise where we um, identified, you know, of the um, 17 global goals for sustainable development, which are the ones that we have in common. Um, And obviously GSK as a healthcare company, um, you know, the prominent goal for us is um, goal three around ensuring healthy lives and promoting well-being. But we're also very much focused on uh, goal four around um, ensuring quality education and, and in part, um, very much because of what 
Alex just mentioned around ensuring the sustainability of a future talent pipeline to um, drive not only our company, but our economy, our, our countries, our world forward. And so we honed in on a common um, essence or, or value target that we both identified that we're committed to advancing, and um, it's goal 4.4, um, increasing by X percentage the number of youth and adults who have relevant skills including technical and vocational skills for employment. And um, we, we started to speak about um, a project that GSK has been working on with partners in health in Rwanda around building capacity um, in, in their uh, health care training and um, infrastructure build. Um, Post-Civil War, Rwanda has been doing some amazing things and working closely with ministries of health and education. And so Alex and I are going to be having, um, you know, some conversations with partners in health uh, tomorrow, actually. Um, we're kind of pushing this piece along and seeing what form it will take. Um, and, and I think, again, just, you know, a key piece for me in all of this, for the listener that's more at the beginning stage, is not to um, psych yourself out or... Um, imagine this to be so big that you don't even start to try to do something. I think it's so important that we lower the barrier to entry, you know, lower the threshold. And, um, you know, this is something that if you have these values and the positive intent, the rest will follow and we'll get the form right. Um, because, you know, it, when you do start to have these conversations and collaborate, um, good things come. Thank you very much, Asia. Alex, since you've been mentioned and chatteled, as I said before, talk to us. What are your thoughts on what Asia just brought us? Yeah, I think, you know, if, um, if we truly want to make a difference with volunteering and particularly with, uh, with Impact 2030 as an initiative, we have to be able to dem demonstrate very, very quickly and very soon, um, you know, what we can do, you know, and what that means in terms of collaboration. So we have to build showcases. And I think that's why Asya and I were so eager to get started. And we jumped the gun a little bit with it. <laughs> and now we're sort of running behind our promise. Uh, but that's good, right? You put a target in front of yourself and then you just go for it. But um, what we need to show, particularly companies, as you've rightly said, Bonnie, uh, time and time again, not everybody's at the same stage in terms mm -hmm. of corporate social responsibility and also volunteering as a culture in their company. Um, so we need to be able to show um, others that it's not that hard. Um, basically, it just means getting started, finding other like-minded people, uh, becoming creative, and see what you can do jointly. And in some areas, in some countries and cultures, this might mean just upping the numbers of volunteers that you even have in a company or that start volunteering. Um, in other places where volunteering is maybe already much more established, you start looking at these more, um, you know, collaborative um, programs that Asya and I are thinking about, um, very much looking at how to build capacity of nonprofit organizations, so a little bit further down the line. But it's just incredibly important um, to very quickly now have these showcases and, and demonstrate, look, it's not that hard. All you need to do is sit down together, figure out where your passions are, where your values are, um, and then just put your feet on the road and, and get going. 
Alex, thank you. And that's a perfect lead-in to one of the notes from Asia that she sent me before the show. I just want to get this out in the open because I think it's provocative and it, it might actually make people smile. The comment is investing. I'm sorry, I got to go back to my notes here. Where is it? Corporate volunteering is not just about being saintly and selflessly serving others. It can actually be quite self-serving. And I have a feeling, Asia, that you're going to forgive me if I say, and it can be fun. Am I allowed to say the fun word in terms of corporate volunteering, Asia? Absolutely. <laughs> I, I thought so. I was very suspicious there. But let's briefly talk about that. And I, what I want to do is go around the table now. This is a great lead-in, I think, to getting each of you to give an example of your favorite project, something specific, a country, the specific people, what the goal was. Just briefly, let's give us an overview. Give our audience an overview of what can actually happen when you're doing this and you mean it and you do it well. So corporate volunteering, CSR, sustainable development. Asi, I'm going to start with you and ask you to give us an example of your favorite program that GSK is involved in and and how people are actually having fun and and being self-serving to an extent in that. So go ahead, just briefly give me an overview and then we'll ask Alexandra and then we'll go around to Sue. So Asya? Yeah, and um, I I think I made um, this point regarding Sue's earlier comment about, you know, uh, my advice of thinking about the self-serving component to volunteering and you know, it's so hard to pick a favorite project. Um, we have uh, so many that I love for very different reasons. But, um, you know, I suppose one that's uh, quite unique, um, GSK has been working with um, the Earth Institute at Columbia University. Um, and this um, institute and, and the program that they run, among other things, um, is dedicated to the training of community health workers, which is a huge piece of how healthcare is delivered in areas of the world where there is little to no access to health. And um, we've sent um, numerous volunteers year on year to work in different, different capacities with this um, community health worker training program. And um, what's been so uh, fun to see really is how um, you know, we've sent, for instance, people from our sales force or people from um, HR or people from R&D. And um, each of the employees um, bring a different slant or bent to the community health worker trainers um, or participants in the training um, that they're working with, um, be it in Senegal or Ghana. And... I think they're really tested in a way that um, is so different from the test that each of us might come across in the office. Um, you know, uh, the, the day-to-day grind of, um, you know, going into a village and, um, you know, doing house visits with um, pregnant mothers who, um, you know, have several other children who they're also trying to support and give care to, let alone care for themselves through their pregnancy and ensure that they, you know, are um, attended by a knowledgeable, um, you know, midwife or healthcare worker during their actual delivery. And the, the challenges that, you know, our GSK employees have faced in working with these community health workers, the way in which they were um, brought to think outside the box and come up with creative 
solutions to the challenges of, you know, some of uh, the, the folks in these villages um, and the, the way in which they really um, learned from the um, people who they were training to be community health workers because those are the folks who have the real expertise in terms of deep knowledge of the culture and customs and traditions and what, um, you know, uh, processes will fly or not, um, you know, Seeing those GSK employees come back to their day job here and the appreciation, the humility, the passion that they have for making sure that they play their part every day back at GSK in ensuring we can help get medicines to patients, you know, to help mm-hmm. them live better, healthier lives. You know, it's, it's really, um, it, it moves you, you know, and, and to see the way that they've flourished to become such, um, you know, more confident leaders, um, you know, that. Uh, has been a program where I've really uh, been inspired by by the volunteers that have played a, a role with the Earth Institute. Thank you, Asia. Very, very interesting. Alexandra Vanderpluh at SAP CSR. Why don't you tell us one of your favorite projects? And if you want to mention the one my colleague Susan Gaylor is embarking on in Botswana, that'd be fine. <laughs> or if you want to pick a different one, I'm, I told her I'd do some shout outs and I think we've done a few. So Alex, what's, what's your favorite? It doesn't have to be that. What's your favorite one? Cause I'm yeah. sure you know a lot. Yeah, you know what? It's actually hard to pick that one as my favorite already because they're just embarking on it, right? And mm-hmm. I can't really tell you what they've achieved. Um, so if okay. we do this in about a month's time, then we could uh, probably talk about what Susan and her team achieved uh, for um, an update for Business Botswana. <laughs> um, okay. But you know, let me stay in the region um, and um, let me pick an organization. I just love the name already in itself. It's an organization called uh, Shanduka Black Umbrellas. Um, this is an organization we've just started working with in October. Um, you know, they're part of um, the social sabbatical program that I manage. And we had a team of three SAP employees with them for four weeks in October. And now Shanduka Black Umbrellas has a very important role in South Africa. And, um, you know, it's basically an, an entrepreneurship incubator. But, I mean, there's a lot, lot of entrepreneurship incubators out there. But this is a very special one in that, they um, try to support um, and invest in um, companies that are black-owned. And for very obvious reasons, that's a, a very important part of economic development and growth in South Africa. And if you combine that also with um, the current economic environment that South Africa is in with massive unemployment rates um, and actually increasing unemployment rates um, and also having one of the lowest levels of entrepreneurship in the world, you can see that a, a, an organization like Shanduka is hugely important. Um, now, what they charged us with, one of their key challenges is that they currently have five or six incubators across the entire country. Um, but set, they've been set up in such a way that they don't really, uh, you know, they, they've been replicating efforts across all of these incubators. Um, so they said, you know, we want to scale massively and rapidly in the next 12 months. And we actually want to have 12 to 18 incubators in the next 12 months, but we can only do that if we have uh, a very solid, great knowledge management system. Now, everybody that comes with that, you know, my alarm bells go on because I'm like, in four weeks, you can't really develop a knowledge management system. And usually what we need to do first is actually analyze the business processes and, and put some of the legwork in to figure out, okay, what is it that they truly need? Uh, so that is what we told the team. We said, okay, look, you will probably not be able to develop an entire system and even implement it. Um, so just make sure that you lay the foundation for it. Um, 
And they've actually achieved something I've never seen, and our teams usually overachieve massively, but they developed, um, implemented, and um, enabled the organization with a knowledge management system within four weeks that is up and running, that is being used on a daily basis by all of the employees by Shanduka Black Umbrellas, and uh, where they've been, t- they've told us this is the absolute key, the foundation for them to be able to grow their operations in South Africa. Hopefully, I will see it live next week uh, when I'm in South Africa myself and meeting with them. Um, but I was just absolutely flabbergasted uh, by uh, by the sheer um, uh, you know results that the team achieved in only four weeks. And you know what? And why this is one of my favorite pa- projects is because it shows how in a mere four weeks with an incredibly passionate team of people, you can achieve an incredible amount, right? You can literally move mountains. If you bring the right people together, you give them a purpose, you let them run, and it's incredible what you can see in terms of results afterwards. Alex, excuse me, but I hear passion and excitement in your voice. Did I mishear you? Yeah. Is that pu- <laughs> very interesting? That's fascinating. And by the way, I found the URL Shanduka exactly the way it sounds, blackumbrellas.org, and I put that into a tweet so people can learn more. Thank you so much, Sue Stevenson. Wonderful. We're going to circle around to you. We're almost ready for our predictions, but we cannot go to predictions and we might have to forfeit them today. Uh, but we have to hear from Sue Stevenson at Ritz Carlton. Sue, what's your favorite CSR project at Ritz-Carlton? Oh, without question, it's our Succeed Through Service program. Uh, so we work with um, students, um, at-risk students, students I, I don't like that label, but stu- students who are facing you know, a- economic and social or, or personal challenges in the communities around the world. We're in, communi- in schools in 100 communities, um, and we teach life and employability skills. You know, our, our employees or our ladies and gentlemen, as we call them, play, play the role of positive role models. To, to really help the youth um, thrive and, and just inspire them to be their best. Um, we have an extensive curriculum. Students come to us to the hotels. We have our, class, our, our employees go into the classrooms. We've worked with over 20,000 students, and we've made the curriculum available open source on our uh, Community Footprints web, Succeed Through Service website um, so that others can use it because, it, again, it's about scalability because we're not even scratching the surface uh, of need out there. Um, but... For me, the fact that it mapped so beautifully to um, Sustainable Development Goal 4 and, and specifically the Target 4.4, which is about for, for all of the um, countries, um, the, all of the member states of the UN, is about increasing the relevant skills and employability skills for, uh, for youth. So it was wonderful for us to see a signature program that our employees absolutely adore. They're, they're so proud to have this opportunity. And, and we, in fact, did a study through True Impact to assess um, the, the impact of, of this skills-based, uh, along with our other skills-based volunteer programs. And 45% of employees said it was one of the most positive components of their job, um, job satisfaction, and 41% said it was a positive core component. So that is a tremendous um, statistic that really shows the value of employee engagement, um, of enabling your um, employees to get engaged um, and make a difference in their, their own community. Thank you, Sue. I'm, I'm glad Bonnie, we got some passion. Yeah. Can I just jump in on something Sue said? Real fast, because you know what? I want to give you each 60 seconds for a prediction. So, Asiya, just give me a quick two sentences on what Sue said, and then we have to go. Go ahead. 
No, it, um, well, going back to the self-serving piece, I love how um, Sue brought in some statistics. And, you know, one of the things with um, 75% of our post volunteers have moved into new roles in one to three years since they returned to GSK, and 67% of them identify their mm. post experience as con- the, the contributing factor in that move. And so this is where you start to see the rubber hit the road in terms of yeah. tangible business benefits that employees, after they, you know, have a huge impact in the communities really bring um, bring this back to the business and advance themselves and, and the business in the process. Thank you, Asia. Very important to have that, and thanks for the tie-in. Ladies, I'm going to give you each, oh, less than one minute for predictions. I love the year 2020. I know you're already looking at 2030, some of you, but go as far as if you, in the future as you want and tell me what will be different about CSR, about sustainable development, about countries coming on board and doing good around the world. Sue Stevenson, predictions, uh, 45 seconds. Okay, well, so 2030, you know, for me, as I think about 2030, the youth that we're mentoring now will be um, in their 30s or or coming up to to being at the age of 30. So we have to have this spirit of optimism that the sustainable development goals have helped us sort of move the needle on on our planet. You know, there's so many critical needs. So I'm I'm optimistic. I, I think by 2030, we will see a new set of goals coming out, uh, but hopefully those targets and indicators have been greatly impacted. Thank you very much. Asia Posner Menson, PhD. We had time for your full name. 45 seconds. Try to keep it tight. Asia, predictions, go. Um, I think we're going to see much more collaborations across all sectors, um, people identifying a common purpose and seeing the value of stating a really compelling ambition up front, for instance, um, saving a million children's lives over five years and seeing who can come to the table bringing a unique value add to really achieve that mission over you know, a realistic period of time. Thank you very much. And we say 45 seconds for Alexandra Vanderplug at SAP CSR. Mm-hmm. Alexandra, Alex, go ahead. Predictions. Thanks. Well, uh, what I would love to see by 2030, at least, uh, at the very latest, is that really every employee at SAP is a volunteer and that he volunteers, he or she volunteers regularly and has made it a way of life. Um, and it's not just a separate activity that they do every now and, now and then. I also hope that, you know, by then, a lot of other companies have been inspired to either start volunteering programs or enhance an, uh, their, the volunteering programs that they currently have. I also hope that by then we have wonderful showcases that truly demonstrate how volunteering make a difference um, in achieving the sustainable development goals. So in our case, I hope that together with other great companies, governments, and civil society, that, you know, we've managed to um, give access to every person on this planet to education and continuous education and enhance digital skills in general. All good goals. Alexandra, thank you for jumping in. And a shout-out again to our colleague at SAP. Get better soon, Alicia Lenza. And we'll have to have a follow-up to this. And, Alicia, you can come on with Alex and with Sue and with Asia. We'll have even more fun than we did today. And a shout-out to Patricia Krasolara at SAP for setting this up. I think we're in good shape now. And very quickly, let's see. It is time for me to say thank you to our tweeter, Karen Geraldo with Deloitte Canada. Thank you to Justin and the Business Channel team. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Thanks for listening to this live edition number what 216 on coffee break with game changers presented by sap i'll see you tomorrow with internet of things with game changers here on the business channel 10 a.m eastern so here's my call to action fasten your seatbelt. what are you waiting for 
Go out and be a game changer today. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.